Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide for Monday, August 28th. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. Well, today, sometimes the destiny of the whole republic rests on the fate of one man. Well, in the history of Western civilizations, tensions have nearly always existed between the power and the authority of the citizens and that of the state. Now, it's easy to forget that Rome began as a republic and only later transitioned into the Roman Empire. Power transferred as if on a great pendulum from the people to the Caesar. For Rome, this move towards autocracy was due primarily to the life and death of one man, Tiberius Sempronius Grouchus. Now, Tiberius grew up in a time of significant Roman expansion. What had begun as a small emerging country for over four centuries was now rapidly becoming the dominant world power of its day. But it was not without stress. The Republic suffered from endless wars as the Romans expanded their territory. But this took a tremendous toll. Their economy suffered from numerous recessions as resources were diverted to the war machine. Food shortages were common, as many of the middle class, called plebes, struggled to make ends meet. However, like America today, the oligarchs prospered. They acquired large swaths of auger publicus, that's land conquered by the Roman legion, but designed to go to the public. And while it was indeed supposedly public land, it always seemed to end up in the hands of the oligarchs generally the Roman senator class. Thus, the Roman aristocrats could prosper during tough times, while the middle class, the plebes, suffered through an uncertain economic future. Worst of all, the lower classes, sometimes plebes who had lost their farms, endured the hardship of slavery. Now, as Rome continued to conquer more and more territory, as its wealth and influence grew, political power became progressively concentrated in fewer and fewer hands. The middle-class plebes found themselves in a giant vice, forced to bear the burdens of endless war, and often subject to conscription into the Roman legion. They would also face higher taxes and increasing uncertainty, as many times their farmland was not fertile and their access to water was limited. There emerged from all of this Melu a young man, just in his twenties, who had captured the imagination of the plebes. He was Sempronius Grouchus. Now Grouchus was an army veteran who fought in the Third Punic Wars as well as the Numantine War. Quite an accomplishment for one so young. Grouchus had all the qualities to make a fine Roman leader. He was himself a plebe, and he understood the plebeian point of view he could present their case before the Roman Senate. It was just these attributes that the Roman Senate must have observed as they appointed Grouchus Tribune of the Plebes. It was an important position for Grouchus, placing him squarely between the concerns and anxieties of the Roman middle class, the Plebes, and the central powers of Rome, the Senate. And Grouchus became the focal point in this pivotal political conflict for the Roman Republic. Tremendously popular among the plebes, he was seen as a force to be reckoned with, 
and a potential threat to the Central Powers. Immediately, Grouches took up the mantle of land reform. With each subsequent war, the Roman legion gained new land, land that by rights was public, augur publicus, but always seemed to end up in the hands of the oligarchs. And it was this one area that the Roman oligarchs had used to build their wealth and ultimately their political power. Land reform, then, was a direct threat to the entrenched oligarchs in Rome. Not afraid to fight, Grouches pushed for land reform with all his might. He had a fellow tribune fired when he opposed Grouches' reform. He even defied the Roman Senate by signing a treaty without Senate confirmation. Now in 133 BC, he prepared to present his land reform plan to Rome. Unfortunately, the bill was opposed by a fellow tribune and failed to gain any traction. But this was enough to show the Roman Senate and all the oligarchs that this young man was a danger to the ruling establishment. Grouches was incredibly popular and unafraid to use unconventional methods to push his agenda. In short, Grouches did not understand his place, quote-unquote, in the Republic. He would have to be dealt with. And in what has become a standard procedure among the unscrupulous, a riot broke out, and during that riot, Grouches was murdered. Just who was responsible, we'll never know. And that's the genius of using a riot to dispose of someone. Just who authorized the hit is, and still today remains, mere speculation. However, while the assassin's identity remains a mystery, most historians now agree on a simple conclusion. With the death of Grouchus, the reform that the plebes sought was finished. There would be no more land reform. It was reinforced a decade later when Grouchus' brother also tried to pass land reform, but he too was murdered, putting a final end to any hope of reform. But even more, Grouchus' death marked the ultimate end of the Roman Republic, the very thing that had made Rome great, allowing nearly all the members of society to have a voice, was now extinguished, snuffed out. From this point on, the plebes would not be heard from again. Roman political power would continue to concentrate in fewer and fewer hands. Ultimately, 160 years later, one man, Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus, became the first Caesar in a long line of total and complete dictators. Sometimes, the destiny of a republic rests on the fate of one man. And that's the value side for Monday, August 28. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. ValueSide is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own.